Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Elliott, and today we have a special guest, Gavin. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Doing real fantastic, thanks. Dude, you have a extremely long rap sheet of all the different things that you've done. Uh, you're over in Boise, Idaho, correct? Yeah. I love it. So, so normally I like to just let the person I'm interviewing kind of dive into it, but I'm so impressed. I really just want to cover it really quick. And then afterwards, anything that I miss, I just want to see if you could add to it or, or let the listeners know exactly who you are. And afterwards we can dive into what you're doing today. Yeah, you bet. But yeah, so Gavin, you are a real estate investor, speaker, licensed broker in Boise, Idaho, with 16 years, over 16 years of experience, participated in hundreds of transactions, including wholesales, remodels, flips, short sales, and lease options. You've developed and taught real estate investing courses and ranging from pre-foreclosures, investing tax liens, deeds, property management, and subject to purchases, which is awesome. He's been an investment coach for over 14 years. Dang, that's a lot of years to be helping so many people cut the learning curve. I love that. I'm working one-on-one with thousands of new investors, helping them through their first transactions. You also have the famous podcast show, Rapid Real Estate Radio, which is awesome. So if you guys aren't listening to that one, you definitely are going to want to check out Gavin later on and hit that subscribe button. Show him some love and tune into his platform as well. But Gavin, brother, that is awesome. I I love giving back and helping out more people. So I appreciate you taking the time to be able to give back to the listeners here. And we're going to cover in just a moment, avoiding the pitfalls for brand new investors. Is there anything out there that I missed? I feel like you got a lot. That's awesome. You know, I think you hit you hit all the high notes. And uh, of course, there's there's lots of stuff underneath each one of those bullet points. Sure. But yeah, it's interesting. So, so as you mentioned, I've been doing real estate for 16 years and then I've been doing coaching for 14 years. So yep. if you do the math, basically right after I got up to where I was performing and, and producing, I actually was approached by a company to put together some education. So I didn't necessarily think of that idea on my own. Yeah. But what happened was it was the perfect time because everything was still so fresh. I went through a learning curve of about four to six months of just immersing myself in different content and trying different activities, trying to pursue different investment angles and and really struggling with with real specific gaps in the knowledge. So even if you go to a, a real estate seminar and your fingers are crossed, hopefully learning everything you need to know. Depending on which program you go to, sometimes there's just gaps because you can't learn an entire industry in, a, in two or three days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, but sometimes the gaps are like by design and I don't want to call anybody out and I'm not going to. Yeah. But, but there are certainly programs that purposely only give you the first little bit and then you got to pay extra to get the next little bit and then you got to pay extra. And I think there's value on each one of those levels. And I know people that have gone through the stair-step approach and eventually figured it out. Uh, to me, yeah. that's a little frustrating. Super frustrating. I'm in the same boat with you, brother. <laughs> I, I don't so, like that. 
Yeah, yeah, like you said, they, and those are even people that I, you know, normally like and respect, but the model itself, I don't necessarily care for. So, so what I did, I went to one of the weekend seminars originally. That was the very first exposure to any real estate. In fact, I had, uh, I had no interest, no intention, literally no thought to real estate at all. I graduated from college in 2003 and just started putting out resumes, applications, you know, looking for jobs. And I had a friend who said, hey, you know, because one of the things is when you're fresh out of college and, and unemployed, you spend, you spend a fair amount of time watching late night TV and you, the infomercials that would come on and say, hey, and I think there, of course, are still infomercials. But uh, back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, that was the heyday of info marketing. And so at 2 a.m., somebody would get on and say, hey, do you, do you hate your life? And of course, at 2 a.m., you're covered with crumbs and ice cream stains. And you're like, well, I mean, I don't hate my life, but, <laughs> yeah. but maybe, maybe it could be better, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you see those and you see them on there saying, well, what about a million bucks? And you're like, wait a second. I like a million bucks. <laughs> who, who, who doesn't want a million bucks? So I always viewed those with a healthy skepticism, but I had a friend who came to me and said, hey, do you want to go to one of these seminars? And I said, well, to be completely honest, it feels like it might be a scam. And he said, well, I already bought the tickets. It was, you know, one of those buy one, get one. So he says, well, I already bought a ticket. You bring a guest for free and you want to go. So I was like, sure. Okay. So I had no desire, no interest other than the fact that I had seen those little teasers and I yeah. wondered what were they talking about? Uh, I just sort of fell head over heels into real estate. And uh, after that one seminar, I had a, a binder back in those days, uh, the production qualities were were much lower. And so it was literally a three ring binder of PowerPoint, of printout of PowerPoint slides. And that was the workbook. And so I sat there for three days and it was funny because I remember they would do an hour of what I consider information. And then like one to two hours of promoting some kind of a product, either sure. a website or a lead generation or a mailing campaign and all that kind of stuff. And so, and so I could like, I could sort of feel the balance. And so when it was, when it was real estate, I was like, oh, I just got to get all this information. got to take all the notes. And then I didn't have any funds, right? I was out of college and no job. And so no matter how enticing their offers were, I wasn't in a position to buy anything. So all I would do is sort of sit back and take a breather when they were selling me something. And then right, 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 right. So I came home from a weekend with a binder full of PowerPoint slides with whatever notes I could write and a yeah. general idea with lots of little details that were missing. Yeah. Over the next few months, I slowly figured out what I didn't know and then was able to put together a series, you know, a string of transactions that were successful. And then right about that time, after about two years total, somebody came to me and said, hey, we're launching some education. Dude, would you like to instruct people how to do this? And I thought, well, let me think about it for a minute. And, and, and my mind started racing about what about all those little things, the little details that nobody ever thought to mention if I could bring people the big picture and fill in the details, I would be like the best yeah. real estate educator they ever saw. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily make that claim here today. But I do have a fairly long and robust track record of folks that have gone through one of my courses and now they're doing real estate if they want to. I love it. Are you still with that company today? So it's a different format now. Yes, I do. I am under contract with an education company as we speak. Okay. It is a lot of the same people. It's uh, it's been in business since 2011, uh, but it's not the original one that I started with. Wow, I mean that that's some powerful stuff. So, what kind of mistakes have you seen a lot of 
new investors get into it and I guess just the mindset behind it, the overwhelming feeling, the scarcity, like not knowing what's going to happen next. What type of things have you seen or that you've potentially been a part of, I know a long time ago that kind of overwhelmed you? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So I kind of want to start at the very beginning. I don't have a huge agenda here, but I do have a couple points that make logical sense. Cool. And so I think this is the number one. So, so, uh, I mentioned before that one of the things I do is real estate coaching in addition to teaching education programs. Yeah. So I get on the phone one-on-one with people every day. That's, that's part of what I'm under contract to do. I, I have anywhere from one to sometimes 10 phone calls a day. And there's, there's certainly a theme. Most of those people are just getting started. They're brand new. They're watching the education and they've got questions. Now, a handful of those are a little more advanced people that are, that are workshopping a, a specific transaction. Sure. The vast majority are brand new. And the thing that I feel like it's my responsibility to, to pull them back from the ledge because it happens almost all the time. I get on a call with a brand new investor. They say, okay, I saw the, you know, the training videos and you know, I, I don't have a job. My credit card debt's piling up. I need to make money in 30 days or less. What should I do? And I'm like, yeah. well, can you get a job? Yeah. Because, because listen, I love to believe that anything's possible. Yep. So is, is it possible for somebody to go out tomorrow, find a million dollar deal, put all the details together and make a million dollars in 30 days? Yeah, it's absolutely possible. It's also like the smallest percentage of possibility. So I yeah. always like to leave open that little corner of something amazing happening. And, and there are great deals, yep. but, but it's not every day and it's not every person. And so don't plan on it. Don't count on that. Yeah. So Don't put all your eggs in one basket when the pressure builds up and then you might be homeless next month if you don't, you know? Exactly, exactly. So I say, listen, if you don't, if you don't have money to eat, if you don't have money for rent, try getting, maybe get a job. And in fact, this, this is, I know, a little bit related to my experience. So when I was in high school, when I was in college, I had food service, which to me is the best entry-level job because not only do you get some money, but usually you get either a discount or free food, which is another human need. Wh- which job did you say it was? Uh, food service. Okay. Okay. So when I, yeah. When I was in high school, I made Subway sandwiches. And every day for two and a half years, I had a, a Subway sandwich. I love it. See, I've done the same thing. The restaurant jobs, it's like you're making some money, get cash tips maybe. And then yes. you're also getting fed each day, which saves yeah. money. Get a job at an establishment where you like the food because if you're if that's your I'm hanging out for dear life and you get something in your belly and that's the perfect way to survive. So that's a pro tip. Uh, but the other uh, what was I say? So what I was saying is people come to me and they say I've got 30 days before my entire life falls apart. I need yeah. to make some money in real estate right this second. And I say, well, look. And I tell them exactly what I said to you. I said, it's always possible. I don't want to close the door on that, but I also don't want you to be expecting that. So why don't we why don't we take a step back from the precipice and do something else to get your food and your rent and something and whatever you need? Yeah. And let's take a realistic view. I believe that most people they spend a few hours a day can get up and running in real estate, and by that I mean they've done one transaction. Maybe they've got two or three more in the pipeline. Maybe they've at least made offers. I think that almost anyone could be up and running in real estate in three to six months. And there's certainly people that can do it shorter. And honestly, I get on the phone with people who have been doing real estate for 12 or 18 months and they've never actually done a deal. They've just been on the, they've been on the periphery. They've been watching courses. They've been going to investor club meetings. 
and they identify like their personality is I am an investor. And then they, and then they wake up one day and they, then there's a conflict between their actions and they say, well, I just realized that I can't call myself an investor unless I actually do a deal. But, but I believe that the sweet spot is three to six months. If you believe uh, and plan for 90 days, instead yeah. of 30 days, then we could put together a step-by-step plan of do this, do this, do this, do this. So, I, so again, I believe the number one pitfall of a brand new investor is there's just so, so short-sighted. I don't know. It's, it's a combination of naivete and optimism, I guess. But, but you know, the other thing that I've learned more over the years is how long helps in really anything. Everybody wants a quick fix. Everybody wants instant this, instant that. And you can read a book and get an instant rush. But if you want a result from anything that you learn or read, you have to implement it over time. Time is the variable that makes almost everything work. I agree. So, yeah. So I, and, I think and when, it, when it comes down to that motivation, like, yeah, you're getting motivation. You're excited about whatever you learned that weekend. And now like you want to become a real estate investor. So you want to start taking action steps but you still got bills, you got you got family to feed or whatever it is. You got other issues that are bringing down that pain point. So you need that daily motivation to be able to keep you persistent and on track. But I, I love the 90 day type of increments because that's what I've always taken action on. Like if I'm analyzing three deals a day and I... I know the strategy I want to pick. I know the location. I've done the due diligence. I know my neighborhood. I painted the vision into all the individuals within the area. I have leads coming in and from wholesalers, realtors, brokers, direct mail marketing or cold calling, uh, band signs, whatever it is, the leads are coming in. I just need to simply analyze three deals a day and submit at least an offer on one. And then I'm getting closer to my goal with hopefully within 90 days, I can pull something off. Yeah, that's totally true. And the way I like to think of it is if you want to know where you're going to be in 90 days from today, then just look at what you're doing every day. Yep. Right. If you're exercising good health and nutrition, 90 days later, you'll be in better health. That doesn't mean you'll be in perfect health. It'll mean image will be better. If you're learning a skill, practicing music, doing real estate, whatever, whatever you're doing every day is who you want. And and another thing I like to mention in this part. So I say time frame, 90 days will, will kind of take, it takes the pressure off do or die. So in other words, if it's 30 days, every deal, is like a make or break. But like you said, if I analyze three deals a day and make an offer, it doesn't matter if I get this one or ne- or tomorrow or the next day. As long as I do that every day, eventually a deal yes. gets through. Yeah, it's and that time factor of like persistence, consistency, and doing exactly what the rule of thumb or the people out there are teaching you. Do those steps and over time, you'll get the results. Exactly. It's little little actions repeated daily. I mean, that's literally the secret of everything. But uh, the other thing I like to point out is when you look at the social media world and whoever's successful, you see the mansions, the swimming pool, the yacht, the Ferrari, the Lambo. And so people are like, okay, 30 days, a million bucks. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) And and again, I always say, look, it might be possible. I know people who on their first deal, they accidentally connected with somebody and they flipped the house and it was $500,000. Yep. And great. That's fantastic. It's like one person that I've met over 16 years. Yeah. But it exists. It's possible. Don't, don't count yourself out. Don't plan on it. But the other thing I say is, look, would a million dollars be wildly exciting? Yes, of course. But, but for the average person, 50 would be their entire outlook. It would give them a chance to quit a job that they didn't like. It would give them a chance to pay off debts that they 
have incurred. It would give them a chance to have seed money to grow the business. And so, and so as much as I want everyone to have a million bucks, the reality is the, the, the interval between zero and a million is, is really, it's so much more uh, steep than, than the average person thinks because they see on Instagram, everybody's got a million bucks, so it should be super yes. easy. But nobody goes from zero to a million. You go from zero to 5,000, maybe to 10,000, maybe 100,000 if you're really on a great month. Yeah. And, then, and so if you can string together two or three deals and pull in an extra fifty to $100,000 in the next 12 months, yeah, that changes most people's life. Yes. And it's a realistic thing. I feel like I could take almost anybody who's willing to, to work and get them to that level like reliably over and over and over. So, yep. so that's the other thing is I, is I make sure that if you want to have a, a five or a 10 year goal or a retirement goal or whatever, keep that there. But, but what are we going to do in 90 days? What if we made 10 grand in the next 90 days? What if yeah. we made grand in the next 12 months? And then suddenly God, the pressure is relieved. Yep. It's, not, it's not swing for the fences every time. It's choose your pitch. Yeah. Right? To use a baseball analogy, it's look, you, you got time to watch each one of those pitches and it doesn't have to be a home run. It could be a base hit because by the time you get a base hit over and over and over, that's what scores. The, the number of home – and I'm – other than the fact that I'm vaguely aware of baseball, I'm not super into it. But I believe that the statistics of base hits versus home runs, there's got to be more base hits than home runs, right? What yeah. No, I agree. I'm a, I'm an optimistic person uh, naturally. So uh, I do believe when there's a will, there's a way. I agree 100% with you. And when you see somebody and you're like, that person's going to teach me how to be, get their lifestyle, like a Ty Lopez type of thing within 30 days, and I'm going to be in that mansion with those Ferraris, with those Lamborghinis, with all those women or whatever it is, like it's happened. Don't get me wrong. And I, I pray it happens for each and every person if they can handle that and God willing. But it is that slim less than 1% chance. Yeah. So more realistic levels is like stay consistent and make those goals of time frame. 90 days, this is what I'm going to do every single day. I'm going to make this into a quote as well. But I, I love what you said. If you want to know where you're, you're going to be in 90 days, look at what you're doing every day. Yeah. So powerful. It, it really is. That's everything. Yeah. yeah, thanks. And I appreciate that you brought Ty Lopez up. Not not necessarily to I love Ty. No no yeah, again. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Not to editorialize, but what but the problem is people are comparing their day one or their month one to year ten. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he, 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 once he hit his stride, like everything went nuclear, but how many years did he try to think of different marketing techniques? You, you didn't see the 20 years before that, all the hard work in, you know, uh, in the basement type of thing. You know, you don't get to see those days. All the, all the overnight successes that I know, and I know a handful, they, they, the overnight after five, six, seven years of toiling, and then it looks like it's overnight, but we didn't see the work that was, that was uh, yep. preceding that breakthrough. So it's, if you want to be an overnight success – just focus on your craft for five or six years. Yeah, yeah. Just, just put in the hard work for 10 years and then, uh, and then we'll see you overnight. Because <laughs> right. you go to sleep every night. So every day could be that day, but it probably won't be for a few years. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. So tell me about, are you mostly focusing on, on coaching other individuals now or are you actively doing the real estate side as well? Or are you comfortable with your portfolio of, of where it's at currently? Yeah, I've got a I've got a great balance right now. 
And so one of the things that you also benefit from by being in the industry for uh, 16 years is I've got a fairly robust referral network. Yep. And so I'm looking for deals, although I'm kind of, I'm kicking some tires on some new marketing just to kind of see what I could generate. But I had a, I had a closing last week that, that consisted of somebody calling me with uh, a mid-century, you know, you know, 1940 or 1950 property in a great part of town, Foothills area. They called and said, hey, I got a seller here who, who uh, doesn't have the money to fix the house. They're getting divorced. They got to get out of it right away. Wow. So I went and looked at it. It was out. It was outside of my scope of interest. So, so my uh, one of the things I teach people is to get very narrow on the types of projects that you do. Yes. Because the better the better you, then the easier your life will be. If you try to do everything a little bit, you, you might be able to get you know get some of those plates spinning, but then they come crashing down. So, yeah, you're half ass on everything. What you know that focus on one thing until successful and know exactly what you're focusing on. You're gonna get faster results, cleaner results, and better overall serving whoever you're doing business with. Oh yeah, and so and so years and years and years ago, my parameters are if I'm gonna do the project, it's got to be a property that was built after 1990. Uh, I mean, originally. Like some take at it if it's in the 1980s. If it's before 1980, I'm not going to renovate it. Yeah. There's a, there's a ton of properties that are ripe for renovation. There's a ton of people that love doing that. My very first years, three maybe three or four years, I didn't have those parameters. I took everything. One of the worst experiences that I had was renovating a home that was originally built in 1908. And if you can imagine, the building codes and the standards were different. And so... And so when you go into a property like that, it's like literally you've got to take, you, you leave the outside everything. of the structure. Yeah, but everything else goes. <laughs> all the inside walls off. And, and yep. it's not like sheetrock like we have now. It's like wood, and they call it lath and plaster. It's yep. wood that's been plastered. Yeah. And the only way to take it off is in huge chunks. And it's heavy as hell. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't, and, then, and then you've got to rewire everything. You've got to replumb everything. And, and those types of things are very – like creatively rewarding for some people, but for, sure. me, for me, it was a nightmare. And so, yeah. so if the property was built after 1990 and if I, and, and I don't do any, I don't do any uh, reconfiguring. So I don't add bathrooms. I don't punch out a, a, a new living space. I look at the structure and if I can add value by, so I'll do, I'll do roofs. I'll do windows. I'll do any kind of interior. I'll do cabinets. I'll do flooring. I'll do painting. Anything that I could just put a new version in and be done in like, six weeks or less. That's what I do. If it's outside that parameter, I don't do it anymore. And so I got this call. Perfect. I mean, it, it, it's the, it's the prototypical, you know, nothing had been updated since the fifties. Yeah. And it's going to be a great flip for somebody. So I got the call. Hey, I've got this property. Do you want to do it? I said, you know what? I don't want to, but I know somebody who does. And I match these people up and you know, three weeks I later it. I make my fee. And uh, so I, I'm doing a few deals uh, from time to time to just whatever comes my way. And then, uh, like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm always curious and interested in trying new things. So I am uh, going to kick the tires on some marketing to see if I can generate some leads. But between, you know, proactively doing the coaching and the training and, you know, you know, usually once a month, I'll travel to an area and do a live event. And so between that and whatever deals just kind of show up every month or two, uh, that, that pretty much fills my schedule. I love that. So what, what does the future kind of hold for you? Like what, are, what do you see yourself doing in the near future? 
with real estate? You know, here's what I'm focused on right now. And I, and I mentioned this a little bit. If I can, if I can get good at generating leads, yeah, I've got enough there. Here's the, the, the reality of real estate. People want to get into real estate because they think they can do it better. Right. If you think about it, if you look at a real estate agent or a real estate investor, you line 20 of them up and you say, why should I sell my house to you? Cause I'm unique. Cause I'm unique. Cause I'm unique. Cause I'm unique. Cause I'm the best. Cause I'm unique. Cause I'm the best. They're not unique. They're not the best. Yeah. To me, they're either competent or not. Yeah, exactly. You either can't do the job or you can't. It's one of the same. (laughs) And so I've, you know, I I have kind of, I'm a little sensitive to trying to be as accurate as I can be. And so when I go to people and they say, why should I choose you over someone else? A lot of times they say, look, I'm sure there's other competent people out there. I know what I'm doing. If this is a connection, like like if you like my style and the way I am, then we're transacting. You are unnerved by you know, my, my sometimes clumsy vocabulary or, or, you know, you don't like my cavalier attitude because I'm a little casual, whatever, then it's just not a good fit. And, yeah. so, I, and so what I'm trying to do as much as I can is maybe be like a lead generation source sure, and, and then take those leads and pass them on to the people that are competent, they're professional, they're more interested than I am in getting dirty at this point. Yeah. Know, I've done be that middleman to create that win-win situation. Absolutely. So in other words, as, as time progresses, I'm, sl- I'm narrowing and narrowing and narrowing my focus. If I could do that one thing, and I do it, I, I mean, you know, just like the deal that I finished a week or two ago, I do it fairly well. I'm looking for consistency. I'm looking for, uh, you know, reliable, you turn it on, turn it off type of a thing. Whereas right now it's just, uh, it ends up being a little sporadic. So yeah, yeah. If, I could, if I could generate the leads and not actually do the work, that's my ideal scenario. I love that. So we spoke about lead generation and, and I mean, at this point, networking like crazy, you've have a big network of individuals. So they're sending you deals. You have the relationships built. They know you're a closer and you can perform. So therefore they're going to send you these deals uh, to make that win-win situation. Um, As far as running the numbers, do you recommend anything? I, I feel like there's a lot of individuals first getting started that get caught up on the number aspects and just uneducated, don't know exactly what kind of numbers, how to figure out the ARV. I know every, uh, you know, wholesaling is going to be different than fix and flip. The birth strategy is a little different. There's so many different ways to run the numbers, but is there anything that you would recommend for somebody getting started to understand and get a little bit more education on the numbers? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, here's the thing. I hesitate to give out formulas because like de- depending on what deal I look at, I'll personally use a different formula. So it's hard for me to give out sure. a, uh, you know, a, a universal formula. I'll give two examples. So there, there's like no universal one because every market's different as well. So right. you got to understand that. Yeah. And even if somebody, so this is, this is back to the seminars. Even if somebody gives you a formula, they're only giving you that formula because people crave a tiny bit of concrete. What can I latch my brain onto? Yeah. I promise you the people that are teaching that formula they may use it as a template, but on any given deal, they know which parts can move yep. in order to get the deal done. When I, when I give you a template of a formula and you run a property through it and it's a no, and then you pass on the deal and you do that every time, you're never going to do a deal. So, nope. you, so in order to use a formula, you have to know which parts are movable. And so I'll, I'll basically, the way that I show people, and again, back to this idea of when I talk to somebody, it's the first real estate deal. I'm just trying to get them started. And of course, that's one of the most common questions is how do I know if it's a deal or not? So, so there's two, there's two types of deals. There's either short-term or long-term. 
Yep. And 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 a short term would be a wholesale, a flip. I guess that's basically a short a wholesale or flip. And then the longer term are your lease options, your sub twos, your buy and holds, your even if even if you're going to sell it in in 12 to 24 months, that's still a longer term deal. Sure. And, and so you can of course you can afford to pay a little more on a longer term deal. You got to figure in the cash flow versus the appreciation, all that kind of stuff. But on a on a shorter term deal on either a wholesale or a flip, I basically say, well, let's you have to be able to identify at least three numbers in order for this to work. The first number is, like you mentioned, the ARV, which is the after repaired value. And that's, I believe that's true for anybody, no matter what type of deal, long-term, short-term, you have to put your finger on at least within a certain range. What is this house worth on the market right now? If you have no idea, you can't, you can't do the deal. Yeah. It's so, so true. I mean, that's, yeah. it's like the, the, the living, uh, breathing part of the the numbers you need that it's very very crucial yeah and so i always ask people what their access to data is so in other words in some states that are public record states meaning every real estate transaction is is disclosed the price is disclosed at the county they might be able to just go right to the source but anywhere that that people are the mls the multiple listing service which licensed agents and brokers have access to that almost always has the most complete and easily sortable, searchable content. And so usually if the person is not licensed, because there are many real estate agents who come to a seminar and say, well, you know, I know how to sell a house to somebody who lives there, but I don't know how to flip. I don't know how to do rentals. I don't know. So, so if they're already licensed, great. They can just do their own analysis. But if not, I said, look, your first, your first job is to make friends with the real estate agent. And, uh, and, and I always I always feel like I need to qualify that because before I got licensed, so for the, there was six years when I was uh, investing, flipping short sales with no license and I had to rely on real estate agents and my experience was widely varied because you know how people are. Some are, are great and some are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and some, and, 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 that, and with that, within that range, you've got licensed real estate agents. Some are great, some are terrible. And I met all of them. I think don't just latch on to somebody because they're licensed chat with them, set expectations, find out how their expertise is, work with them for a little bit. If it's working, maybe double down and and create a relationship. If it's not working, say, hey, for whatever reason, it's probably me. It's not working. I need somebody else. But you got to find somebody who can give you that ARV, the number that will tell you what is this house going to be worth when we're all done. And then, because that's the starting point. And then we back, back away from that. And so, um, ARV, the second number that you've got to have some kind of a grasp on is the repair number because that's the one that if you either underestimate or wrongly estimate, yeah. uh, you can sink or swim, right? If And, and honestly, I think, I think more people overestimate and don't do deals that they could do. In the beginning, yes. I, I, I do highly agree. People talk themselves out of, out of deals left and right just because they're so scared to potentially mess this up and the numbers are just unrealistic. It doesn't cost $100,000 to do every remodel out there. Right. Yeah, that's know? perfect. You're exactly right. In the beginning, that is absolutely one of the big obstacles to getting into the first deal. They're so nervous. They're so scared. And in fairness, I am also of the, uh, of the, of the category of people who says, double check, triple check your numbers, make sure these are real. And so I don't want people to hear me and say, Oh, well, don't worry so much about the repair estimates. I'll figure it out as I go. And I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. What yeah. Ha- yeah. What happens is they get an estimate and then they, they'll add on an extra two or 3000 buffer on every line item. Yeah. 
And if you, yeah, that's yeah. aggressive. Yeah. If, if you've got a $50,000 budget and I look at it and I've got a $30,000 budget, that's the difference between me doing the deal and you not doing the deal. Yes. So now let's, yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's talk about this as well for a second. I see so many people, it breaks my heart too. So many people in the beginning trying to get, like they acknowledge real estate's the way to get that financial freedom. They love it. They're, they really want to get involved, but they're, they're trying to figure out the whole money aspect first. So they're trying to raise money, but they don't have any credibility. They have no experience. They have this desire but nobody, but they can't really even talk the talk because they're not doing any deals. So therefore trying to raise money from friends, family, or hard money lenders, like they're getting laughed at and saying like, no way. Um, my personal experience is I truly believe in the power. And I always tell people to go this route, lock something up under contract and then find the money lock it up under contract, run the numbers, then get your contractors out there, get several of them, try to really get apples to apples comparison. You should be going through the house yourself, making a checklist of everything that needs to get repaired, giving it over to them or walking through with each contractor. So you're getting apples to apples comparison. Cause I've screwed up on that in the beginning, oh, yeah. letting them all go in and they all give me five different all different types of remodels. Yeah, so, yeah. The, sc the scope of work has to yeah, be defined because otherwise one does. guy wants to do everything and you just want carpet and paint. Yeah, yeah. One guy is repairing, you know, a roof when you need a patch job or something. So make sure it, it's apples to apples comparison. And then I find the money because it's under contract. It's something, if it is a deal and you just show it around, as long as you're not holding it to yourself, if you show it to hard money lenders, if you show it to private money lenders that are investors that know what a deal looks like, then they should have confidence in it if it's a deal. If they're not willing to give you, especially a hard money lender, if they're not willing to give you money, it's a great indication that maybe that contract really isn't in your favor. Maybe those numbers aren't as good as you thought they were. Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic point. And I totally agree with that. If you think you've done a good job of putting a, a property under contract and nobody will touch it with financing, and these are experienced people, absolutely. Yes. That, that's a safety net that you, maybe you're frustrated, but you just dodged the bullet. Yeah, it's such a blessing. It really is. I've never, thankfully, like I've been blessed. I've never run into this situation, but I know another individual that has, couldn't get any lending, reached out to me about it. And I was like, it's a strong indication, my friend. Like that's, that's not one of those deals. You're going to want to go back to try to renegotiate that deal or possibly just let that one go because if nobody else is biting at it, nobody else is picking up. That's not a deal. Yeah, I totally agree. I would add one other twist. I, I agree with your opinion that you with the deal under contract, now you can talk Turkey with a lender, but I use an analogy that I call the Kmart shoes I don't know if there's still Kmart. The one that was here is no longer in business. Did they go out of business? I think so, brother. I don't know. I don't see them anywhere either. But this is the point. When I was a kid, this is what I remember. If you went to Kmart to try on shoes, they were stuck together with that little piece of plastic. I yeah. don't know. There, there may be a shoe store that still does this, but to okay. me, that's what Kmart did. So there's like a little plastic. So you could put your feet into them to see if they fit, but you couldn't walk. Yeah. And so, and so I think of it as the Kmart shoes where your feet are in the shoes but they're connected. So all you can do is take a tiny little step and then you have to take a tiny little step. Yes. But so what I tell people is, look, have, it, have a two to five minute preliminary conversation about yes. funding. Hey, do you want to do some real estate deals together? Sure. Great. I'll put you on my list. I'll call you when I have a deal. Yes. 
You know what it's I mean? It's so crucial. It really is. You don't want to like surprise them out of nowhere with like, hey, I got this deal. I need money now. That's like a crackhead type of mentality. <laughs> no relationship built whatsoever. But you don't also want to overwhelm them in the beginning and you have nothing to bring to the table and you don't have another deal coming up next week. Like you're brand new. You don't really know what the hell's going on and you're trying to get them to give you money next week for yeah, yeah. hopefully when you have a deal, it, it's blowing smoke and they're going to acknowledge that and kind of lose respect in my opinion. So I, I, I think like the, the one foot in front of the other type of thing slowly. I love the, the Kmart um, analogy right there. Have a couple minute conversation with a few different lenders, start building the relationship, let them know your drive, keep it short, simple and sweet and get out there and, and start bringing those deals so you can bring it to them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know if this is a segue or just more conversation, but the other thing that Again, almost all new investors are like, how do I fund these deals? We've already been talking about that a little bit. But one of the things I say, it's hard, it's hard to grasp when you, you know, at different perspectives, it's hard to see what the other person sees. There is so much money available for good real estate deals. It's literally like, I feel bad that I have to tell people, no, I can't take your money. And so to get to that point, I get it. I totally understand. Until you have that experience, I know that you don't believe it exactly to the level that we know it. But what I, but what I, but what I think people can do is even, even so no matter where you live, and, and if you have zero people in your network or in your sphere of influence, because you're the, you know, you're the first person in your town, of course you're not, but you think you're the first person in your town who saw the seminar, they saw the class, and you're like, I don't know a single person who's doing real estate. If you were to get, get on a Google search, and type the name of your town and private money, real estate loans or whatever, you would get a list of, of what those are essentially are as hard money loans. And for you to take two or three minutes per call and just say, hey, wanted to reach out. Uh, I don't have a deal yet, so I'm not going to bother you that much. I just wanted to connect and make sure I understood. Do you have like a, a term sheet or do you have, do you have a list of parameters? Usually they go from 70 to sometimes I've seen 95% depending on the loan and on the situation. Yeah. And so now you know how to engage with that person when you have a deal. It's the Kmart shoes again. I don't have yeah. a deal to talk about today, but I do have two or three minutes to say, Hey, I want to bring you a deal. Yep. What should I bring to you? And they'll tell you. And then now again, as you go out and make offers, you can, as soon as you have that contract, you can go straight back to the hard money lender and you've already had a conversation. You already know what they want. Yep. And uh, yeah, I just, I just think that people who feel like I have nowhere to start, if you just start at, at Google, yeah. there's so much there. Real estate, loans, private money, and then the name of your town or your city. Yep. I mean, literally, you'll get tired before the, the, the results run out. Call three, <laughs> call five. You know, if you're, if you're making sure to do some real estate activity every day, Take, take 60 minutes on one of the days and call four, five or six of those and, and you'll, be, you'll be enlightened as to not only how much is available and, and how fast it could be available, but exactly how you can access it. And there, there will be some people that say it's not, a good, uh, it's not a good fit. In fact, I was, I was at an event in San Diego just about a year ago and I was sitting at a roundtable discussion with a guy that had some really incredible renovation loans. Yeah. And, and, and we're talking about it and and I'm getting excited, and and then suddenly a little light bulb goes on because I was in San Diego, and I said, "Well, what 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 what's your lending parameters in Idaho?" Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh man, you know what? We know the Boise market is hot, and it's and we see it in the news. We're not licensed in Idaho yet. You know, he, he I think they were licensed in four or five Western states, 
And so, uh, you know, basic things like, like regional lenders, there are regional lenders yep. that, that maybe they don't, maybe they're not in your city or your town, but they will loan in, in your area. So yeah. like said, one of the things that you could do fairly easily just on your own with a computer is to get a short list of potential funding partners for your first deal. Yeah. I mean, the, the list goes on and on at the end of the day, there's like everything that we're explaining here. It's not uh, out of thin air. It's all, it's all out there. Like the books, the podcast, the YouTube, uh, Google, like you can find out all this information. I hope that we can help with our personal learning curves that we've personally experienced, or we've seen others experience to help save you time and energy without having to go through a million forums to to read it yourself. But at the end of the day, there's got to be a time and a place of taking action. Yes, education is very, very crucial. It'll take you 40 to 50% there maybe. And then afterwards, whatever you learned, it's a whole new ball game when you're actually doing it in person, hands on. But there's got to be that action step because that's when you're going to learn. That's where you're going to really get what you're looking to accomplish. Yeah. No, I totally support and agree with that. Maybe to add on to that, yeah. Again, from and this is this is my final. I I, I did have a couple of uh, bullet points prepared. This was the final one. We've already sort of talked around it, but I just want yeah. to drive home that that the most successful person, again, in the framework of I'm going from no experience at all to a deal in that 90 day time frame, the most successful person will get laser focused on one particular thing. So I common conversations is somebody who says, wow, I'm super excited. I, I, I love wholesaling. I love uh, flipping. I love uh, short-term rentals is very popular now. I love uh, apartments. You know, I love commercial. I can't wait to do all this real estate. And I say, great. All of those are profitable strategies. Yeah. If you literally not differentiate because you love them all just for you can only do one at a time. If you're laser focused on doing a single family wholesale deal, there's going to be a list of five or six things that you've got to get good at over the next 90 days. Hmm. And if you do those five or six things, then I can, you know, I hate to guarantee, I can strongly predict that you will succeed. If, yes. you, do, if you do wholesaling on Monday and then apartments on Tuesday and commercial on Wednesday, you know, maybe, maybe at some point in the next few years, you'll reach critical mass and you'll accidentally do a deal. Yeah. A few years from accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah. whole focus so, on one thing till successful. It's so crucial. One thing. And, and I also tell people again, with the, with this 90 day outlook on life, a lot of people are saying, well, if I, if I only do short term rentals, I'll never be able to do a flip. And I say, well, hold on. We're not quitting on flipping. We're just deferring it. So this is my 90 day push on this strategy. And at the and then at the next ninety days, I can either reevaluate, I can d- continue doing what I'm doing for another ninety day section, or I can revisit something that I felt like I was leaving behind. And and so I, again, it comes down to this long view, and and little things of time. If if you really 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 like like people with two or three different levels of, I want to do flips, and then I want to get some rentals, and then I want to get apartments, and then I want to get commercial. Fantastic. Write it down in that chronological order over the next five years. And do the first one first. And don't even think about commercial at yeah. all. And and uh, so so again, if you're worried about oh, I, I want to do multifamily and flips, I'm quitting multifamily to do flips. That's not correct. You're you're consciously planning when it's going to happen. Yep. And you're and you're leaving it there pinned on the wall. It's not forgotten. It's not it's not going to go away. 
there will always be people who need to live somewhere and just focus on right now and it should go well for you. I love that. I love that. There's a lot of power in that in focusing. Gavin, you're the man, brother. I appreciate you so much. I know you just gave about an hour of your time to the listeners and helping out more people. So I appreciate you. Um, I know your heart's in the right place. How can people get a hold of you? You know, other than, so here I am on Facebook. You can find me on uh, Instagram as well, Gavin McCaleb. And uh, as far as specifically real estate, you know, if you start following Rapid Real Estate Radio, which is the podcast, you can find it on iTunes. There's the website, rapidrealestateradio.com where you, you can uh, you can subscribe. That's really the best way to connect via real estate. And in fact, you know what? As a special bonus, I don't know if it's a bonus or not. If you go if you go to rapidrealestateradio.com, that's how you can see the podcast information. But if you scroll down a little below the fold, you can actually ask me any real estate question you want. And you just push the button, you ask the question. And what I usually do is I incorporate that into a uh, – into a future podcast episode as a, as a live, you know, Q and a, well not live, but as a, as a uh, user generated Q and a. So sure. ask me any question you want on the website. Um, or like I said, you can find me on social and uh, I'll look for it. Nice. It's like free coaching right there. I'm going to start bugging you. And whenever I need you, I'm going to start messaging you. <laughs> yeah, man, whatever you need. I love that. Well, I appreciate that so much. I, I know uh, I know that's going to help out tremendously a lot of people, and uh, that's awesome. If you guys want to reach out to me, you guys can always do so at brandonelliotinvestments.com. Otherwise, Instagram, Brandon Elliott Investments, and then facebook.com slash brandonelliottrei. Make sure you go check out the podcast, Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast on iTunes, preferably. This is just behind the scenes for the episode, hit that subscribe button so you get the newest notification every single Monday. And then also leave a review. Let me know what you guys think about it. Till next Monday, Gavin, appreciate you so much, brother. You're the man. Glad to assist. All right, till next time, guys. Stay blessed. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.